Jerome Spann. Of course, I'm here to tell you about our sponsor today. And our sponsor is, of course, and will forever be longstanding. Hey, mind, mind you, he don't give me no money, but this is my man's. I got to hold him down. It is Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, Swopes is out here trying to change lives. He's trying to help get these young athletes into college each and every week. Every day he dedicates a lot of time to this. This man has a serious, serious passion for helping others further their education and further their lives in a lot of great ways. They are on Facebook. Make sure you look up Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Swopes is spelled S-W-O-P-E-S. It is ran by Mr. Nathaniel Swopes Jr. He is the man in Houston, if y'all don't know. Yes, make sure you go check him out if you're trying to get your kid into school, hell or hell. If you're even a kid here that's thinking about going into school and you want to try and keep playing, keep your athletic career going, make sure you go check out Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. He is the man that is going to help you keep that dream going. So make sure you follow them on Facebook and you can get right a hold of Mr. Swope's there. He will help you get into college and keep your dream going for continuing to play your sports. So again, people, Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Check it out now. Help change some kid around you that you know's future, or hell, even your future. Yeah, yeah, Enigma in the house. My man J Span, Titan Studios. It's called From the Heart. Keeping it real is what all the song's about. Never selling your soul. Always staying true to yourself. All right, ah, uh, yeah. Check it out. Money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the start. Man, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money. And welcome back to your favorite weekly sports show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is ITC Sports Ball, and I am. Your man, Jerome Spann, of course, pretty face on ITC. Don't you forget it, baby. And, of course, I'm here with the sports ball crew. We've got that hot take spitter, the man who rips like Dylan spits. He is the modern-day Ali on the microphone when he steps into your home. All your ladies is gone. He is that man. You know it's your boy, Mace, ready to go. Let's get it. <laughs> And of course, we have got ITC's birth control. He is that guy that sees a fire and he's like, I got that gasoline and gunpowder. What's happening? If you let him into your brain, he will drive you insane. He is that man, Daryl. I'm back. No more original two man crew, it's three man crew. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen, of course, to give you more of our hot, hot takes on everything going on in the sports world. But of course, it is football season, so we have to get right into football because there's a lot to talk about, and we have to start with some of the things that have transpired over this last week. Might as well start right there in Dallas, Mace, because you know what? The, that was probably the most recent big news that happened there. Trayvon Diggs is now out for the season with the ACL, correct? 
Yes. With the with tearing his ACL, he's going to have to have the surgery. Mace, I know you've been feeling very, very confident with the Cowboys up to this point. Does this dull your confidence at all? You know, I don't think so because it um, our secondary has a lot of depth to it. Um, we have they, – they've done a great job of um, – making sure they have a few hybrid players on there that can play inside, play outside. And ultimately, man, um, that defense goes as the defensive line goes. Like if we're being honest here, um, it's, it's a lot easier to cover guys when they don't have a lot of time to sit in the pocket. And that's one thing Dallas does do. So Sure, you can't replace Trayvon Diggs. Like, uh, you can't trade. You can't replace the instincts. You can't replace the ball skills or anything of that nature. But I feel like it's this isn't one of those injuries that derails the season in 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 any way. Like it, it's no like detriment to Trayvon Diggs that he's not a plus player or anything. I just feel as if the team is equipped in the secondary to actually handle an injury. Now, if the injuries pile on, that's when the issues come. But Trayvon Diggs himself being hurt, I don't think that changes Dallas's trajectory at all. I feel like they still should feel like they need to be the best team in the NFC in the league or whatnot. Like, I don't think that they should lose any confidence as a team, as a defense. So it sucks. I'm glad he got paid before he got hurt because I don't want to deal with no circus of you got to trying to pay an injured guy blah 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 I don't I didn't want to deal with that so I'm glad he got his money before this injury happened so yeah I'm I'm confidence is still high I got to give you a little pushback though you're you're feeling very confident in the secondary being able to still hold up but this was a unit that last year Mace you were not very high on outside of Diggs. I mean, outside of Diggs, the rest of that unit, you had real question marks about. So what is it that now is changing your confidence level with the rest of that secondary? Um, Deron Bland proved that he could play inside or outside. Um, Jordan Lewis, he's probably one of the better slot cornerbacks in the league. Um, he's coming back off of his foot injury. So I think that's um, another plus for us. And um, <clears throat> for, for what all the, the slack that our safety room gets, that's where like the majority of our versatility comes from. Um, J Ron curse has had one of the better two year stretches of guarding tight ends in the league. Um, Malik Hooker has kept himself healthy, and he's been able to make plays uh, as a center fielder, basically. And um, like I said, I think that the the depth that we like, I said the depth that we have in between safety and corner, I, I feel like is going to not you can't fill the void, but keep the well from overflowing. Like I think they will hold up. Like I said, you, you can't replace Trayvon Diggs, but I think they're going to hold up to not – this isn't going to be an Anthony Browns over there just throw it to his side type situation. Like I, <laughs> I, I, don't, think, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, 
like I said, Deron Bland, he's proven that he can take the ball away. He can um, play tight coverage. He He's proven that he can step in and be a outside corner if necessary. Daryl, I got to ask you, because I know you love to give this man pushback about this. You've heard everything that he said. How much do you actually believe him? This man a lying bastard, and we're just going <laughs> to skip him right now. Wait. All right. I've been- we can we can go on for last season when we were talking about this. This is BS. He's saying all this stuff is saying, oh, this doesn't matter. He wasn't a prime prime player. You know, Giggs ain't going to do this, that, and the third. Like, this hurts. You have an injury already. It's not looking good. Y'all ain't going to the Super Bowl. We're going we're going to do the same thing. We're going to go with the same motion. <laughs> we're going to go with the same thing. Let's who who hurrah. We're going to try to do this. No, it ain't going to work. Sorry. You're down one guy. Your season's over. We might as well just put, like everybody else on Facebook, like you do every year, we might as well just say it right now, Cowboys eliminated. That's it. It's done. Over. Done. I'm not delusional. You are. This is this comes from a <laughs> Dallas player. Delusional. Me? I know what my my faults are. I'm, I'm not even hoping for this you know what it'll surprise me if the Patriots even get to that point right now I have no confidence in them I'm telling you right now Dallas ain't doing it Patriots ain't doing it at least I'm being honest with myself but we ain't going to be saying that just because a player just leaves and you're saying we still we can still do it no we're, we're we already have this recorded we have this stamped right now I do not want to hear anything else later on when it gets to week 12 and then you're saying, oh, we got this in the bag. No, I'm not going to hear that nonsense at all. I'm just saying I'm, I'm being truthful right now. We, My rant has already been staped right here. Done. Over with. I'm out. Hmm. Any objections? <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to just say. <laughs> Mace, you are a little bit drunk today, apparently, because, listen, man, I don't care how much confidence you got in those other guys. None of those other guys are digs. Gilmore is still a very good corner. So, obviously, we're not including him, right? But we're talking about the guys that are going to replace digs in this equation. None of them are him. None of them. You're asking a lot of some younger guys, too, to now start covering better guys out there on the field. There's going to be some issues with that for sure. Because with Diggs, you had two corners that you, you could throw out there, throw them on anybody. Without him, you're asking a lot of old man Gilmore. I mean, look, I understand y'all beat the hell out the Jets last week, but I didn't forget when he got cooked, when Gilmore got cooked by Wilson there. Wilson ca- caught that basically slant route base and took it to the house. I think that goes more to Gilmore's coverage style, though. You know, he's in phase just like Diggs. So those those um, in routes, those deep in routes. I mean, you're well, you're a one well placed pass away from a guy being wide open. So I mean, it's one of those deals where. It 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 stings not having dicks like like you said you you got a one two punch and them two that's top two in the league if you if we really want to talk about it but 
I think the our, our pass rush isn't going to let up at all at any point in time this season. So, so I don't think it's going to be detrimental or there are or there's going to, or there aren't too many teams that can take advantage of having the inexperience of Deron Bland as an outside cornerback or anybody else that that lines up out there. We I mean we're the Philly matchup and and potentially the Dolphins matchup are the only two t- times we're going to be playing a receiving core that could potentially take advantage of Deron Bland if he's not on his game. Well, I guess time will tell on that, right? But also have to get into this week, the nonsense coming out of Chicago, Mace. Now, I, I told y'all last week, I said, if the Bears go 0-2, this season's done. Packing it's it over. Up. Pack it up. This is over. It's a wash. We 0-2. Season's over. It's a wash. And you know why I say that? Because... In the middle of the week, Justin came out and said the thing that some suspected, but she just didn't have the proof. And that was that the coaches was really, really trying to get him to stay in the pocket this year. Stay in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. Trying to make him into Peyton Manning, right? Stay in the pocket. Well, that's resulted in the team looking terrible on offense. Justin looking very indecisive. At this point, I'm kind of hoping the Chiefs blow us out, Mace, so we can just fire Getsy and maybe fire fire the coach too and just get them all out of here because at this point we have – this early in the season, Mace, we have reached dumpster fire levels of issues. It's not all on Getsy. Let me be clear on this. Fields is responsible for some of this stuff because for some reason, I, I mean, Mace, I hate to say it, but I feel like my boy just has a very big aversion to throwing the in routes, the deep ends. Don't know why. Whether it's the backside in or front side, right? Don't know why. Um, the quarterback school did a great job of breaking this down and showing, hey, there are some of these, some of this play design is absolute poop for sure. But there's also a part of this where the quarterback's not throwing to the open guys. He's not letting it rip. He's not throwing with anticipation a lot of times. Something's got to change. They either look a lot better this week, Mace, or everybody got to go. Do you think it's everybody. a do you think it's a situation where he's never been axed in any offense <clears throat> to maybe find? that third read because if if you if you look at his at ohio state outside of maybe two to three games a year that he would play you he's facing lesser talent on the regular let's be real here he was good versus a good guy let's not he, he was good but facing lesser talent for the majority of the time and then he gets to the league and the in the offense is tailored around maybe move in the pocket, one or two reads, take off, read options. And now the offensive coordinator is like, we got all these weapons. Let me just, hey, bro, sit there. Somebody will come open. 
is it a situation where the offensive coordinator needs to maybe cut half the field off and be like, you got two reads or take off, you know, maybe build his confidence back up in, in some instances, because it looks like he's, we, he's hoping that the skill position guys are a lot better than the defenders that are guarding him and trying to just get them in open field, which sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't, because if a team has the beat on your offense, trust me, I've seen it, a, a, I've seen it for years between Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore. When a team has a beat on your offense, all those, all that, all that quick game that you think you can, that should be open, never going to be open. So he's not being done any favors. I'm not saying he shouldn't have, he's, Justin Fields should not have progressed as a quarterback to find that third read. I'm not gonna not gonna say he ha- he hasn't done or he needs not to he needs to do that because he does obviously, but maybe the offensive coordinator is outsmarting himself because now he's got all these new shiny toys on the outside to play with. Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> um, it's it's a combination of both. Offensive coordinator hasn't really proven his merits as an offensive coordinator. I mean, let, let's be honest, Mace. Me or you could have coordinated an offense for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Because guess what? We knew we was going to call the play, but Aaron was about to go out there and check stuff and change it up anyway. So I don't know what we're talking about. They say that's a big part of the reason why him and LaFleur were having the issues they would have, right? Was that Aaron Rodgers is like, Nick, give me the play. Let me go to work. LaFleur is like, nah, baby, we got these motions, got this other stuff. We're going to get you somebody open. Aaron Rodgers is like, I don't need all that. I'll get somebody open. I can see what the defense is. We're good. So I think it is a a combination of both for sure. I think it's Fields is being asked to make more reads than he typically has had to over his football playing career. And the offense is doing some just – mind-bogglingly dumb things at times. I mean, Mace, I've seen two weeks in a row plays designed where guys are literally running the exact t- the exact same route on top of each other. La- uh, this last week, I believe it was it was curl routes. The week before that, it was a you had Mooney and and Claypool on one side. You had them both running post. That was probably those some see that's that's the issue you have when you start throwing option routes into offenses because a receiver might see something different than what the quarterback sees. And if two receivers see the same thing on the same side, if they're given the option, they might run into the same space. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I don't hold just gets it responsible. I hold feels responsible too. I mean, there was a few throws last week that he just didn't make. He just held on to the ball. I mean, there was one <clears throat> they had a they had Roshan and I think it was Komet. Both were open in the damn seam. Justin just didn't throw the ball. I mean, if you throw it to Roshan or Komet, it's a touchdown. They're walking into the end zone. There was nobody there to contest them. Then he had another one. It was a deep side end. And I think I'm sure everybody's seen the clip by now. It was the one where DJ Moore was clapping his hands at this man like, yo, throw me the in ball, bro. It's open. This is as open as it's going to be in the league, you know. But what's maddening, and this is where I'm hoping maybe this has been paralysis by analysis for Justin, right? Because I've, I've even told you, Mace, right? He looks like he's playing slower in a lot of ways, which isn't good. So 
maybe it's paralysis by analysis and he'll start letting it rip because hey that throw to claypool you saw that highlight right oh yeah he ripped it in there he ripped it in the seam right where it needed to be but on other ones like i said on the other one when you have two guys running up the seam wide open that you're looking at it's not like his read you know the they were on his right side right it's not like his initial read was starting him left and he had to go left and then come back he started right and stayed right and just missed two guys there and didn't throw the damn ball so that's why i say it's a combination mace i hate to say it like this but it's starting to remind me a lot of the combination of Nagy and mitch which is the coordinator and the quarterback do not match each other philosophically that coordinator will never be able to understand how to use that quarterback because that's not how he gets down and he's not necessarily a guy that can adjust this goes back to mace what i said when when the bears were looking for a coach we knew we had already spent the first round draft pick on fields I told you over and over, I wanted Eric Bieniemy. That's who I wanted. And now he got out here making Sam mother in how look like he could actually be a real NFL quarterback, Mace. And, and while all that's happening, Chiefs, off, Chiefs offense looking like boo-boo through two games. I don't know. In an age when everybody's hiring offensive minds to work with their young quarterbacks, to pivot and go the other way and say we're going to hire a guy running a defense that doesn't typically work in the NFL that well anymore. I don't understand it. I Still. think it comes down to, like you said, the the coordinator's philosophy on offense is different than how the um, the quarterback sees the offense. So it it really it. Because last year you look, you thought to yourself, the Bears are going to carry over a run game, and now you're going to have receivers getting one-on-one matchups, and DJ Moore is going to win one-on-one matchups. Mooney's going to win one-on-one matchups. We hope Claypool gets his head out his butthole and wins one-on-one matchups. He ain't, he ain't winning no one-on-ones. Actually, but, don't, don't let me say that. There was one that he won last week on a double move, and that was another one where Justin just did not throw it. Just didn't throw so it. So it's, it's almost as if what the offense that y'all ran last year was like emergency break glass all my regular stuff ain't going to work. So let me just pull this out real quick and get me through the year because they're going to do something to let me run all of this over here. But your team is equipped to run the emergency break glass offense. Why would you, why would you run away from that? Because you're outsmarting yourself. And, and just and, to give everybody an example, this is the play I was talking about where he missed <laughs> two people in the scene. I know y'all see this man right here. Like I said, that's that's NFL open and that's booty naked open. Mace, you can see it. They're in three. (laughs) Yep. Deep third, deep third, curl, curl. Right there. Like I said, the back shoulder for the inside guy, that's NFL open and that's booty naked open. Open, 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 open. Wide like this, wide wide booty it almost, open. It, you have to you know what it, you know what it is it almost looks Look like where his eyes are at mace this is what i said you see his eyes they're over there you see my point 
it almost it, to me it almost feels like he's given too much information after the play is called. That's why I'm saying paralysis by analysis. Hopefully, him just trying to let it rip and, and be looser this week will work out. We'll see. I still think we're gonna get our heads kicked in by the Chiefs. I think we're the we're the exact right team for the Chiefs at the right time when they need a get right game. Oh, playing a team with no defense worth a damn. You, you look, you got a secondary and two linebackers that are good, but they, that front they get no pressure in the run game in the pass game, and they don't stop anybody in the run game. This is what the Chiefs needed: get right game. <laughs> but don't want to get stuck with the Bears here. Moving on to um, some other things that have went down this week. Now, I just want to bring this up because we all saw the the majesty of the Patriots' offensive lineman going up and snagging that thing last week, and we got cheated out of a. Well, we didn't get cheated because the rest made the right call, but another what half a yard base. And we've got the greatest offensive line play that has ever happened, right? We, we had that glory. So I just want to say, I know y'all boys seen that glory of my man skying up in the air and grabbing that thing out the air. I know you hey, see, man. That was one of them. That was one of the more athletic plays you'll ever see from a from a lineman. Because I mean, we we know. Your 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 athletic offensive linemen, they're gonna bulldoze some guys in the secondary from time to time. You're gonna be like, My boy is moving and you need to get out the way, but my boy just <laughs> gracefully snagged that thing out the air. And uh I'm I'm just I'm just salty for him that it didn't result in a first down. Like that I was like, bro, at least at least give him the first, bro. Like <sighs> I feel for you, big dog. You 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 deserve <laughs> to get a first down right there. He almost had it, you know, but it was a game of inches, uh, man. Like, yeah, like I said, man, the referee he made the right call. I'm not gonna sit here and be like the ref should have just gave it to him because he made the play. No, the ref made the right call. But God, do I wish that he had gotten that first down? Yes, because that was amazing. This man went up and skied and this, see. This is my yearly reminder to y'all that these NFL linemen are way better athletes than you. Way better. They Some of them may look like sloppy fat guys, but they are actually supreme athletes because my man went up there and skied for it, Mace. He looked like Mace. He high-pointed the ball and went and got it. That's a hey, that's just some teach tape right there, bro. This is how you sky, this is how you high point the ball. This is a teach tape. When you when you can do that, you're a legend forever. So so strange on, on, on the Patriots, you a legend forever. You are a big man legend forever because you went up and skied that thing. You high pointed that thing out the air, snatched it in, almost got the first down. You you didn't he didn't get it. Mason was like, oh, 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 oh. no, he went up and snatched that thing out the air and immediately was like, let me get this first down. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> gotta love it. Daryl, he's he's on your squad. I know you gotta appreciate seeing a big man make a move like that. Uh-oh. Something went wrong with Daryl's mic because I see his lips moving, but I don't hear him talking. No, I'm here. I'm here. I said. 
He knew what to do. He went for the objective. He tried his best. That's all I'm going to say. He didn't fumble <laughs> or nothing. He just went on there and just say, oh, I got a job to do. There we go. That's it. Say, say the team needs me. Got it. Got it. He tried to put the team on his back, but they wouldn't, wouldn't trying to go for the ride, bro. No. And then the last... Uh, you know, big thing that happened really this last week was, of course, the Nick Chubb injury. It was not a good thing to see. Very ugly injury. If you haven't seen it already, I would advise you to not go look at that because that was the gross feeling I got was the same feeling I got when when Willis McGahee's knee went crazy. So I would probably not go watch that if I were you. If you know what the Willis McGahee injury is, then you know you should probably not go watch this tape. Um, but Mace, I think this goes back to something that we've talked about on here for years, right? Which is running backs. We know we understand why they want to get paid. And that Chubb injury is a prime example of why they are looking to get paid because it takes one play like that. And that and that's a common play, right? That's something that the, the end result was not good. But the way the play played out is something that's very common in NFL games, right? Short yardage situations. Stuff like that happens. It's just not all the time that a guy's knee gets, you know, caught up in the situation. Sometimes, more times than not, the guy just ended up getting taken to the ground. And see, the the thing that kills me about it is people want to call it a dirty hit, but unless you have played football, sometimes even big time high school football, you might run into situations like this where. The offensive players are a lot bigger than you. You don't hit Nick Chubb in the chest. If you if you want to get paid to, to play football, you as a defensive back do not hit Nick Chubb. As a linebacker, you don't hit Nick Chubb in the chest. It's not going to work out for you. Belly button and kneecap. You can't get mad at somebody hitting Nick Chubb near his knees because that's the only way you're going to get him down and even then he might make you look stupid in the process yeah um so, so let's just take away that whole dirty hit nonsense right now because like you said you can't we've taken we've taken away all the 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 dirty hits we've taken away all the ear shots and stuff like that which is necessary but we knew we all knew that the the uptick in knee injuries was gonna go up once you tell guys that their launch their launch area had to be lowered. The lower the lower the launch area, the more the lead knee injuries you're gonna have. Like people have to you have to go low. Like I said, belly button kneecap, or you're gonna be on Nick Chubb's highlight. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, unless unless you're expecting guys to just risk getting fined and suspended there's only so much that you got so much room that you got to hit somebody and like may said even if there wasn't such a punitive punishment for hitting a guy too high right you don't want to go high on that guy not him yeah. <laughs> maybe some other running backs in the league but him you go high on him he might send joe butt to the shadow realm so yeah can't be mad at um, Fitzpatrick for that hit at all. That that's just all that stuff is just nonsense. Those are people who clearly 
don't want to accept that there's an injury risk that goes with playing football, an inherent injury risk. And I understand it sucks for all of us to see a guy get hurt. You know, sometimes, you know, that guy's on your favorite team. Sometimes he's on your fantasy team. You know, hell, sometimes you're just a fan of of the game of football and you hate to see guys getting injured because you want to see the best out there, right? But if you're honest with yourself, part of the bargain that we all make as fans is that we're going to end up seeing some bad injuries from time to time. Not to bring it back up, we saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin last year. That was a scary situation. But never forget, during that same season, we saw a bunch of guys get crunched, laid out, have to go out with concussions, all types of stuff, and we were still watching. After okay, we saw two throw up we gang signs in like week six, and we were still tuning in. <laughs> so I mean, so we, we, we gonna made, all of us have made a bargain with the devil on this one here. Okay, so that, that's just the way that that is. So hopefully Nick Chubb can have a quick recovery and get back and um, you know hopefully one be caveat. Back at this the is level. the same knee that he um, tore up at Georgia. So. Mm. That's what I said. That's what I said. Hopefully, (laughs) there's no guarantee. Well, let's just be honest. Terry ACL, there's no guarantee you're going to be back to being normal. Yeah. It just the way it works. Some guy, as great as the technology is now, right? Because when we were kids, you Terry ACL, that was was kind of it. That was like, nobody didn't, nobody started bouncing back from ACLs until Adrian Peterson. Yeah, and now you see one year, you know, you're out and you're good to go after that year. So who knows what we'll see here, but we got to get into the games for this week and we might as well talk about the Thursday night game that happened between San Francisco 49ers, who is one of the best teams in football, and the New York football giants, who are currently one of the worst teams in football. Look, don't let that one little BS comeback win that they got fool you. Don't, don't believe the hype, okay? I'm here to tell y'all, and it's what me and Mace tried to tell y'all in Giants fans in the offseason, which is that y'all paid for a motherfucking lemon in Daniel Jones. You paid for a lemon. Mace, we had Giants fans all offseason telling us, Oh man, now nah, Daniel Jones proved he's it with Dayball. Da da da. And now look at him. Now look at him, Mace. When they didn't play two good teams, what happened? They got their heads bopped when they played one really bad team that is trying their best <laughs> to lose this year. They were this close to losing that game. So my main issue with the Giants right now is they have no proven receivers and they refuse to throw the rookie Jalen Hyde in there for any significant amount of playing time. Like who, who in that receiving core is the guy that you, that you're going to look at as a baller. Why not just throw the rookie out there? Why not? What can it hurt? I mean, you need another big play entity without Saquon. So why not slap him out there all the time? It, it makes no sense not to. Um, you, you pretty much got what you paid for in Darren Waller. We, we know he's always on the injury report. That defense is holding on for dear life because they have no shot at, at holding anybody with the amount of time they're on the field. I mean, 
Evan Neal is looking terrible as a right tackle. Um, it's like every game he regresses a little bit more. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, it's 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 not looking just, good. And without Saquon, I just want to say, if you pay if you paying somebody forty million dollars to play quarterback, I think they should be able to rally the troops a little bit when you got some guys out. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I didn't seen Kirk Cousins rally the troops in Washington before, but I can't tell you every time I seen Daniel Jones do it against a good team. And y'all know how we feel about Kirk over here. He's a very nice gentleman. Shut up. Shut up. I we're not doing this. Shut up. You you are not gonna be able to just flip all of a sudden and try and be nice to Kirk Cousins after years of I am a, how trash and average he is. Stop. Darryl, I am a Kirk this? Cousins apologist. Daryl, do you hear this? I am do you a, hear this madness? I am a Kirk Cousins apologist. He is a very nice gentleman. See, the delusion train is speaking throughout this whole episode. We got started off with delusion. We're going to keep it going. Keep it going. Rally the troops of delusion. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. Took well, a sit. Thank you. Took a sit. That's what I think. <laughs> I get, but but the real for that he game. Tapping in that collection, he showed us. <laughs> back to the game, though. You know, the, is the, how long are we going to hold hold on to the? Is it Brock Purdy or is it the offense? Because the offense makes him look good, but is it really him? Because Jimmy G looked good in that offense until you asked him to throw the ball more than 22 times. Look, bro, I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm not a Purdy hater. I actually think his story is pretty cool. Um, But let's just be honest, man. We know it's Kyle Shanahan. We've seen him do this with motherfucking Brandon Whedon, bro. We've <laughs> seen this. He can make guys look good. They just I mean, he had Matt Ryan looking like a Hall of Famer for a few years. <laughs> if he had, if Matt Ryan would have had him for two more years, he would have a surefire Hall of Fame candidacy for his career because he would have balled out for two more seasons at an absurdly high level. But we know what this is. And I'm not a Purdy hater because he does a lot of things right for that system too, right? He makes throws on times. He makes them, he, he makes accurate throws, but it helps a lot when at every other position on the offense, you basically are out talenting whoever you're facing that week, week after week. It makes your job pretty easy as a quarterback when everybody else is that damn great. When you got hall of fame, left tackle, Right, you got the rest of the guys on off of the line. They're pr- they're they're variants from decent to pretty good. Right, wide receivers are better than pretty much all the corner pairings that you're going to end up facing during the season. Your tight end is gonna is gonna be a matchup nightmare for basically everybody's linebackers in the league. Because that's right, the one linebacker that could probably guard your guys like that is on your team. Plays for your team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so. I I think it's just very easy what he's doing. My questions are going to come for him in the playoffs 
when they have to face some adversity, it's the same thing that we dealt with with Jimmy G, right? Which is at some point, you gotta, you have to give us a moment that's better than the system where you transcend and say, hey, the system didn't get the guy open. I either threw him open or I kept the play alive and then got the guy open by keeping the play alive. At some point, we're going to see that. And I don't know if he's got that in him. I know people will point to some of his seven-game stuff last year, and I told you all right now that's fool's gold. I never believe in that BS no matter what. What he does this season is what he is. And even if you look at the numbers this year too, again, it's not like Black, Black Purdy is out here throwing for 400 yards every week. I mean, this last game, Macy threw for what? Like, what was it, like 127 or something like that? Something. It wasn't It wasn't much. But I, I will say that I, I – Hopefully the McCaffrey injury spells are behind him because he has been nothing short of spectacular since he's since he's went over. Maybe it was one of those situations where it's like I'm on a bad team. I can be injured for a little bit longer. Don't really matter. And now he's potentially the NFC representative for the Super Bowl. So oh, now I'm he's like, oh, let me slide. Let me get back in the lineup ASAP. Let let, let me also be fair to Brock Party. I'm sorry. It, it, he threw for more than 126. He was like at 126 at one point in the fourth quarter, and that was in the game against the Rams. He finished that game with 206. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure I was clear because he did do what he was supposed to do against the Giants, right? He threw for over 300 against them. He The Giants are just a very bad team, though, and that's something that – I don't think he's going to change to any point in this year. So, Mace, we've got uh, – and, Daryl, we've also got more games this week. And, Mace, we were talking about people being delusional, and I think this is the perfect setup for this game right here. Falcons and Lions, I'm hearing a lot of delusional talk out of Falcons fans about Desmond Ritter. A lot of delusional talk. And, Mace, look, I'm not saying that the guy is a bad player. I'm not. It's too early to tell whether he's great or not. But I know one thing, he hasn't been impressive. He been I. He been I, think I he for looked, like a half, a, lot for a half of football. He looked a lot better last week than in game one. It's it's what almost Mace, he had like eighty seven yards going into the fourth quarter in game one. You can't look look yeah. if he looked any worse than that. They got to get a new dude in there this season right now. They'd have to, hey, Mace, they'd have to be calling Josh McCow, uh, uh, Philip <laughs> Rivers. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 hey Philip, are you good to go, man? I mean, hey, Matt, Matt, you trying to come back for one more year? You know what I'm saying? They'd be making that to make some calls like that because Jesus Christ, they have too much skill, position, talent on that team for anybody to be looking as sorry as he did for about a game and a half now. Because look, in the second half of this, uh, of this last game, Mace, he looked better. Second half. He, he looked much better. Okay, I will give him that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poop at him for that. But that first half, he was looking real, real sorry again. So, Mace Falcons Alliance. We know where the Lions season is going, right? We, we we know what it is, right? They're they're gonna probably be the team that ends up winning the North. So I think we don't need to go too much into them right now because we're gonna spend plenty of time talking about the Lions. So Falcons Lions Mace, who you got? Are you a Desmond Ritter believer? You a truther? I'm not going to say I'm a believer or a truther, I, but I do think the Falcons win this game. Um, 
I think the uh, maybe a little some some inexperience will may like maybe rear up for the Lions early on. They need to get one of those reality checks, and um, maybe this will be one of those deals where they lose early and and figure out where their weaknesses are and um, make some headway because um, in that last game they. Uh, did lose uh, Gardner Johnson, and he's a, like I said, he was the um, he was the tone setter for that defense for sure. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, his production doesn't really seem to like reverberate with the rest of the defense. It's like he's he's walking to his own beat out there, and nobody can catch up. But Gardner Johnson was the guy for that defense where his mood, his tone, his uh, the plays that he made really kind of brought the rest of the defense with him. Um, and without him, I think the Falcons will find a way to pull this one out. I think Ritter will maybe start looking a little bit better early on in, in that game and probably find some consistency. Maybe the offensive coordinator has found out what he likes and what him and his receivers are comfortable doing. And then also – Bijan um is is he 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 is that guy. Let's just I mean giving him the ball in any form or fashion is always a positive. Bijan Robinson is the motherfucking truth, bruh. Like <laughs> oh my god, you just gotta get the ball in his hands. That's it. He's one of these guys, basically, that's like just get him the ball. That's it. Just just make sure he's not getting tackled right when he's getting the ball, and he's going to make something happen for you. And it's crazy. Um, I, I'm I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm happy to see that that he's balling out that way. I, I was excited to see what Bijan was going to do this, this year coming into the league. So hopefully he can keep it up, stay healthy, so we can continue to enjoy it. Because, man, if it's anything like it was this last week, Mace, we in for a hell of a ride. So, um, Daryl, who you got this week? Falcons or Lions? I got Falcons. Uh-oh. Daryl's a Ritter truther. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, y'all going to learn Desmond Ritter's the truth by the end of the year. Watch. you gonna Just wait. Just wait. This is the moment it starts. Uh, for me, this is a pretty – I don't want to say easy pick, but this is a you got to win this game pick in order for your season to continue to go right. I'm going Lions here. There is no way as the Lions that you can drop this game to the Falcons. Not after the Packers just open the door for you to be able to be the real leader in that division by their performance against this same Falcons team last week. You got to get this dub for me. It's it's Lions all day. We'll see what happens. Look, the man Campbell's is making me nervous, Mace. They're making me nervous. Last year, it was like, yeah, I'm not really making me nervous, right? Even when they started like playing good, right? Yeah. But they're making me a little nervous right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so moving on to the next game, we have got Chargers at Vikings. Mace, somebody's season is completely done this week. 
One of these two teams is 0-3 after this week, and we know statistically 0-3. Look, I told y'all how dead it was at 0-2. Let me tell you something. It's even more dead at 0-3. Boy, you ain't, your ass might as well pack it in for the season. We get ready to start saying in, in 14 weeks after that, one, two, three, cackoo, because <laughs> your season's done already. So, Mace, who you got? Chargers or Vikings? I feel so bad for Chargers fans right, right now because Kellen Moore is Kellen Moore in two games into the season. How in, in overtime you did nothing to help your offensive out. You deep ball, deep ball, deep ball, three plays in a row in overtime and got no rhythm and, and let a team – Beat you in overtime that shouldn't that had no business being anywhere near you. I say all that to you know what? I'm going Vikings. Um, I don't oh, see God, anything. He's I don't see guy Kirk Cousins there. I don't he's riding see, for him. I don't see any reason in in the Vikings defense that they are going to pose any ounce of resistance to what the Vikings can do. And if we if there's one thing the Vikings can do is they can put up points. They've proven it for a few seasons now that um they know how to get Jefferson the ball. Um Addison lo is looking really good as a second option. Um at some point those curl routes are going to kill them again on offense. Uh so yeah, man. I'm going Vikings. It's it's not looking good over there in um for the Chargers. I, I said this uh I said I'm pretty sure I said this last week that if they go 0 and 2, and they for sure if they go 0 and 3, they gotta get Staley up out there. He 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 is proving every week that he is not a good coach. Hey Daryl, why he gave us all that lip service right there. I'm going to just tell the fans the truth. He picking them niggas to go on three because he hates Kellen Moore's guts and he wants his entire name to finally just be done. He's tired. He got tired of hearing about the Kellen Moore hype train all them years. So he like, I'm not picking him to win here. Own three. Bro, I've said the same thing about Kellen Moore. He, he's a great puncher, but he got no counter punches. His offense is his offense. He's going to go out there. And I'm I'm pretty sure he like like yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got a script to where it's like doesn't matter the the situation doesn't matter how much time it doesn't matter what we've done at any other point in time in this game a second and six on this side of the hash we run in this play I don't matter if it's the second quarter overtime fourth quarter with two minutes left it don't matter second and six this is my play and that's Kellen Moore that's it. He has no situational awareness when it comes to calling plays. His offense is his offense is going to look good until it needs to look good. So, Daryl, like I said, uh, he wasn't picking them because of Kellen Moore, like I said. So, Daryl, who you got this week? Vikings. I'm picking I am all, I, yeah, I'm only going Vikings because – 
I think the Chargers this season is going to be one of the most Charger seasons ever because we're going to watch Justin Herbert probably throw for almost 5,000 yards, probably have close to 40 touchdowns, and they are going to be like three, four games under 500. <laughs> it's going to be insanity. And like May said, <laughs> the coach, everybody going to be the hell up out of there after this because uh, – they stole this, spending a lot of money, too, to not have great results. So whew, I don't see it getting um, better for the Chargers before it gets a little bit worse here. But moving forward here, Saints and Packers. Uh, Packers, I think they, they have an argument for being a, a competitive team this year. Saints, through two games, I think you would have to say that team is super, super uneven, right? Because... Week one, they were, like, kind of pitiful, if we're being honest, against the Titans. Oh, yeah. yeah, they got the win, but they were pretty pitiful. And then week two, you know, it it was – they led the game majority of the game, but also you're like, wait a minute, how are you only able to put up 20 points on this Carolina Panthers defense? So, Mace, who do you got here this week here? with the Saints and Packers. Who you got? Um, I got the Packers here. Uh, I do think we, I do think Jordan Love may struggle versus this defense because they have a lot of veterans on that defense and I think um they they'll probably take advantage of of a few things that Jordan Love just hasn't seen, but ultimately um I think the Jacqueline Hyde of the uh Saints is is going to be it's going to curse them and they're going to look good maybe for a portion of that game, but they'll still be the Saints. They'll 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 lose. They'll find a way to lose this game more than the Packers will find a way to win. Daryl, who you got? What did Mace pick? Going the complete opposite. <laughs> I I don't know. Who did he pick, Daryl? You were just listening to him too. Who did he pick? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'm not picking anything that's me, so it's gonna be complete opposite. That's all my picks today. <laughs> I don't know who he picked. So guess we'll just have to move from. I don't know who you picked, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no yes for this one today. No. For me, I'm going uh Packers here. I think that their defense is just better than the Saints. The Saints have like some good veterans for sure, but I just don't I don't trust. If you want me to be honest, Mace. This is the game where Lattimore is about to go to sleep and probably get cooked for like 200 yards. I see it coming all day. See it coming. Mm-hmm. That could be one of those games. I'm pretty. He doesn't oh, respect anybody on the. He doesn't respect anybody in the uh, Packers receiving room. Daryl, one week I'll have to show it to you, but like, if I show you Marshawn Lattimore's numbers versus guys that are considered like top twenty-five wide receivers in the league, and then his numbers versus everybody else, you would be like, "Nigga, do you just take the day off? Do you just go out there and just?" Jog around, <laughs> like it's it's alarming. It if anything keeps him from getting in the Hall of Fame, it's gonna be that. 
It's gonna be that because it's gonna be like, nigga, you you may have played great against the greats, but Jesus, nigga, let John Ross come in there. He about to hit you for one sixty over the head. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make no sense, no sense at all. But uh, moving forward here, got the Texans at the Jaguars. I mean, I'll say this one quick thing about the Texans. Stroud looked better last week. He looked like he progressed a little bit, looked more comfortable. Still got some some moves that he needs to make, but I think a lot of that will start to come with more talent around him on that roster because me and Mason, we, we can beat – Beat this dead horse into the ground if you want us to, but they have no skill positions guy guys there. They're all a bunch of who that is still in the leagues, and he got drafted from where? So, uh, I, do I even really need to ask? I'm pretty sure everybody here is picking the Jaguars, uh, unless Daryl might be the one that might might want to. No, nah, Daryl's not even that crazy right now. He <laughs> shook his head no right away. He didn't even think about it. He was like, "No, nah, nigga, this ain't the one." So yeah, Jaguar sweep here. Moving forward here, though, pretty interesting matchup. We have got the Broncos at Dolphins. Mace, we have seen what's up with this Broncos team now, right? They are, you could say, most definitely a competitive team. They probably should have won that game last week against the Commanders, but again, that Commanders team is also playing really, really good football this time. All that being said, um, you know, is. I know the Broncos are 0-2, but they could easily be 2-0 with the way that their games have went. Who do you got this week? You know what, man? I actually have a Broncos upset here because I think this is probably the best defensive team that the Dolphins will face like early part of the season. So this they'll they will be able to resist a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um the Dolphins' defense has not looked good, and we—they haven't been able to stop the run. Um, Russ ain't cooking, but he at least making a sandwich now. So I think this would be an upset. This might be an upset alert. This might be a Miami. Y'all got to y'all need to. Uh, this might be one of those wake up calls. Those ones knocking them down from cloud nine and realize that every team. Is gonna give them everything they got now because offensively they look incredible, unstoppable. But defensively, they have led some team. Like they almost let Kellen Moore beat them. So yeah, I got the upset. Broncos are gonna figure it out. Yeah, they could, um, easily, they could easily be two and zero. This could easily be one of the early marquee matchups of the season. Yeah, so for me, I, I, this is a this is a little bit easier of one, but I could I, I'm gonna make my pick, but I want to say I can easily see it going the other way based off of what we just talked about, right? With this Broncos team have been competitive. I'm taking the Dolphins. I think until we see any signs of Tua. With a little bit of injury, this team's going to keep rolling. So I'm going with the Dolphins here. Daryl, who you got? Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't think anybody was losing their mind too much this week because I know it's like like what you said. This is still going to be a game that's close. So we'll see what happens here. Moving forward, though, we have got Titans at Browns. Mace, two teams where 
I don't think either of them have put in an impressive performance besides what happened week one with the Browns and Bengals. But I think seeing what the Bengals have been now through two games, I don't know how impressive that performance in, in its totality is going to end up being by the end of the year. But regardless, they went in that game. They were underdogs. They won. And then last week they came out again and they they should have won that game, but they didn't. Had a few plays go the wrong way for them. They ended up losing to the Steelers. All that being said, Mace, who do you got? This one's actually a lot tougher because are the Browns just going to Browns us again? It's always, it's always, that's an easy, that's, ah, man. You know what? I'm actually going to pick the Browns here. I think they rally. This may be one of those games where the troops rally and, you know, it's just a total team effort type game. Um, Just to not let Chick, uh, not let Nick Chubb down uh, from, from his injuries. So, yeah, I got the Browns here. I think that their defense will, um, I mean, because I mean, it's not like their defense has been was bad versus the Steelers. If anything, they lost in spite of that defense. They found a way to lose in spite of the defense playing lights out. So, um, yeah, I got the Browns here. Um, Titans, hurry up and figure out your quarterback situation, man. Um, just to make to get some clarity in in the quarterback room. I just want to say, Mason, remind you. Last week when we were picking the Titans and Chargers, I told you it was time to tighten up, baby. <laughs> Listen, bro, I told I, and and I told you this is one of those games where if the Chargers don't win this, somebody's job is on the line, and it better be on the line if they don't win this week. Yeah, for me, I think the Browns win this game easily. I think this is probably one of the last starts we'll end up seeing for Tannehill because. It's going to be an ugly one. <laughs> it's not going to look good against this team. Not at all. Daryl, who you got here? Browns. Yeah, see, nobody's losing their mind here. Uh, moving forward here, though, we've got two of the teams in football that have been both interesting stories. One, because they kind of disappointed week one, and now they rallied themselves in week two. And then we have got that in the – being the Buffalo Bills, and then we've got the other team, the Washington Commanders, who have came out the gates firing on all cylinders. Mace, I know neither of us were necessarily sold on Sam Howell, but damn, is he looking good under Eric Bieniemy there. All that being said, who you got this week? Um, and, and to be clear, audience, I still think the Bills are frauds because they are frauds. You know what, man? I have Washington here. I think getting um, getting Josh Allen off of off of his timing, ma- making him be the playmaker, he's going to give uh, that defense opportunities. And if the defense can keep them in the game, I finally think that this is that time where age is starting to catch up to that Bills secondary. Because don't get me wrong. They have some really good players, but at some point they start running a little closer to that cliff or they might wobble from time to time. And uh Bien-Ami has has that offense clicking in uh Washington. So 
I think Washington wins this one in a close game. Maybe, maybe a field goal difference. Uh, so for me, look, man, I understand everything I said about the Buffalo Bills up to this point. And I still freaking mean it, dang it. And you know what? The commander's about to win this game. That defensive line about to go crazy. Have Josh Allen running for his life. Commander's all day. He balling B enemy and them boys. Daryl, who you got? You like the way I set you up there, though, right? Think I was going to pick against him. <laughs> Bills are frauds. Not picking them. Daryl, who you got? I'll go commanders. See? Who would have thought like commanders it. would sweep a pick around here if they're not playing the Giants? Facts. That's because, Mace, you slowly finally admitting what I've been saying is the truth, which is that. Them bras, them boys really got a lot of fraudulent behavior about how they be playing because they're frauds. Move forward here, though. We've got Colts at Ravens. Makes who you got? I got the Ravens. I think this one's pretty easy. Um, I'm is is Anthony, I'm not sure about Anthony Richardson's uh, injury status for this game, but um, I just think they're just gonna be overwhelmed. Um. I think the Ravens are going to look this, – this would be one of those games where Lamar Jackson looks really, really, really good, not just really good how he usually looks. He's going to look like MVP good versus this defense. So, um, yeah, I got Ravens. Pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daryl, who you got here? Ravens. Yeah, I'm not even going to waste time. It, it, Ravens. Anthony Richardson might not even play this week, so, yeah. Ravens without a doubt. Uh, moving forward here, though, big game in the NFC East. We have got Daryl's boys, the New England Patriots, going in to face the New York Jets. We all know what the Jets season is. I, I don't want to go on a long soliloquy about it, right? We know what it is. Mace, who you got, Patriots or Jets? I got the Patriots, man. Zach Wilson's their quarterback. Simple. Daryl, who you got? Patriots. Yeah, it's easy. Patriots. Until the Jets decide to bring in another quarterback, I find them to be a completely unserious organization Be because you keep trying to tell me that Zach Wilson is your guy, and we all know that you're lying. We don't believe you. What did I keep? What did people. I keep telling you all last week during the game? I was like, Zach going to start throwing it to us. Three yep. straight possessions to end the game. He threw picks. And that's who Zach Wilson is. Uh, moving forward here, though, we've got the Panthers versus Seahawks. Mace, who you got? I got the Seahawks. I think they write the ship this game. Pretty simple. They better. Because uh, how they was looking last, uh, not last week, but week one, unacceptable. They cannot go back to that. They've got to be the team that they were week two. So, Daryl, who you got here? Pass me. Uh oh, he actually, he actually had to think about it. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Pass me. Did Pass me. Pass me. <laughs> Give my last. Uh, I'm thinking about this one. Well, for me, this is a very easy one. This is Seahawks. The Panthers are 
unintentionally in the tank again, right? Because they don't want to actually tank this year too badly because they don't have their first round draft picks. So, I mean, they're not intentionally tanking, but that team, that roster is just bad and they're not going to win a lot of games this year. I'll be honest with you. I'd be surprised to see the Panthers win more than two games this entire season. I think that roster is, look, if they're smart, Brian Burns and I think they got one other player on that team that I Derek Brown has been there. Brian Burns and Derek Brown. Y'all better trade them by the deadline and get everything you can go fleece somebody for those players. Make your rebuild go a little bit faster. Cause guess what? By the time that that team is good enough, both of those guys are going to be too old to be the value player that you need to. And then you'll just be paying two old guys a whole lot of money for nothing. So yeah. Uh, very, very simple for me, Seahawks here. Now, moving forward. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Daryl, who you got, man? Panthers and Seahawks. You ain't get away with Passover, and then I just, you almost made me forget. I almost forgot. You slick. <laughs> I guess I got the Seahawks. I can't pick the Panthers. I can't. <laughs> oh, he heard what I said, basically. was like, ooh. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. They were not in position in the last game. I was watching that nonsense. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. All right, moving forward here, we have got Bears at Chiefs. Base, who you got? I got the Chiefs here. Um, pretty simple. Um, the offense will will right the ship, as 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 Jerome has so eloquently explained already. That defense uh, is about as resistant as wet toilet paper right now. So yeah. Yeah, Daryl, who you got? Chiefs. Hey, I'm gonna make this real easy for y'all because y'all heard what I had to say about this Bears team earlier. We got 0-3 written all over us all day. That look, even if the offense comes out and turns it around and plays good, right? Our defense cannot. You could take all 11 of them dudes, and you're not stopping a nosebleed right now. Because the dudes up front is leaky as hell, have no talent, don't do nothing worth a damn. So, very easy. Chiefs, probably by two touchdowns here. I'm going to say it straight up. Probably by two touchdowns. Uh, moving forward here, though. God, and I got to wait till 3.30 to watch that happen? No, see, <laughs> NFL, I'm going to need y'all to stop doing this. Stop hey, can't wrote the Bears in these 3.30 games. Noon. I need them at noon. So if they F up, which they're going to do, I can forget about it by watching somebody else's game. But you give it to me at 3.30, man, it's like, oh, come on, bro. Hey, <sighs> the, the crazy thing, the Chiefs, for the Chiefs schedule last week was their only noon kickoff of the entire season. They're either 3.30 or primetime. Or like three twenty or prime time for the remainder of the season. NFL knows where they get their ratings from. Mm-hmm. All right, moving forward here though, we've got Cowboys at Cardinals. We know what the Cardinals are. We've discussed them already. We we know what that is, right? Cowboys. We also discussed them. So Mace, who you got? I got the Cowboys. I do think this would be an interesting test for the defense because they have they're going against a quarterback who has nothing to lose and will take off and run at every chance he's got. So I'll be interested to see how we handle 
the spy situation for the quarterback, but I don't I, I don't think there'll be much resistance in this Arizona team. I think Dallas is just gonna roll through them, no problem. Daryl, who you got? Same as Mace. Oh, so you can't you can't say Dallas, but you you gonna pick Dallas? You 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 know what, man? You ain't worth a damn. You know that all hey, that. I'm just like you. I'm not worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> so look, the Cardinals have been utterly impressive through these two weeks. I mean, for a team that we pretty much expected to not even be competitive, they have been competitive in both of these games. Do- Josh Dobbs is playing. All right, football. You know, I'd, I'd probably put it right around like what Jacoby Percet was playing at early in the year last year, around that level. Looks pretty good. Um, Marquise Brown out there selling, just like me and Mace told y'all he would. So all that being said, this is a very easy pick for me. If I ever decided to go elsewhere, I must be on drugs. This is Cowboys all day. Okay. <laughs> It's <laughs> like this, I'm starting Dak Prescott this week, for, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, in fantasy. yeah, you definitely should. That, that yeah, lets you, you know what kind should. of week I think is going to be. All right, he about the ball. But moving forward here, we've got the Sunday night game, which is Steelers at Raiders. Two teams that, um, you know, the start to their season has been uneven for both teams. I think this, you could argue that this is the worst start we've seen a Mike Tomlin team get off to. But in fairness to that Steelers team, they played the 49ers and the Browns in those first two weeks. And those are probably going to end up bearing out one of two of the top five defenses in the league over the course of this whole year. So Mace, who you got? I think um, like Mike Tomlin said, this offense needs to find their mojo. And I think they do it this week. Um, we all link. <laughs> hey, that's what Coach Tomlin said. He said they got to not blink, bro. That's what he said. Yeah, man. I, I think this offense figures figures some things out, man. I think they'll look a lot better. They'll they'll look like they know what they're doing out there. Um, Outside of Max Crosby, there really isn't much defense on much resistance on that Raiders defense. So yeah, I think they write the ship here. They they start to look good, get back to doing some of the things that they are capable of. So yeah, I got Steelers. Daryl, who you got? Steelers. Yeah, I I mean, if this is not obvious already, I'm taking Steelers. I don't trust no damn Josh McDaniels coach team with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. Get out of my face. And now into the – we've got two Monday night games, and I, I swear again? to God, Mace, they bet – yes, bro, they're doing this again, man. They need to stop that. But starting at 615 Central, we've got Eagles and Bucks. Mace, who you got? I got the Eagles, man. Um, I think – we some somebody please bring Baker's Mayfield back down to reality, because um, he has been riding a two week high, and I dislike it with everything. In, I dislike it more than I dislike the Eagles. So I got Philadelphia. <laughs> this is gonna be a hard one for you, Daryl. 
what you got? It ain't gonna be evil. He said, "No, it ain't." <laughs> don't even, don't even, don't. You already know the answer for me. Don't, it's not gonna be evil. So stop. <laughs> Daryl ain't playing, bro. I, I'm gonna go the Bucks here. Um, I think the Eagles. It's gonna be one of those weird games where I think they. It'll be a lot like the game that the Eagles lost late in the year last year. Forget. I know it was another primetime game, but you remember. I think when it was they Washington. Played like crap. It was yeah, it was Washington. Like yeah, I think this is going to be another one of those. This will be their one for the season where they just a team that they should beat. They come out and just lay an egg against against you know. So I'm going to go Bucks here, but I will just to you give you give the Bucks here. their credit though. Their defense has been really good, and it's it's just a sneak preview. The Bucks about to lose their next three games after this. I'm just telling you now. Just, <laughs> just telling you now. It's it's, it's going to be a quick come down to reality, okay? And y'all will see why next week when we get to that game uh, next on our next show there. So moving forward here, though, for the last game of the week, two teams that I think um, it, it could be argued that the, you thought the start of their seasons would probably be the inverse to what they've been. Got the Rams at Bengals. Rams have gotten off to a pretty good start here. I mean, I I don't want to overblow anything that's happened in one week or another, right? But through two games, the Rams look competitive. They They may not have beat the Niners, right? But they still were competing against them. They still gave them a better fight than most teams are probably going to give them all year. And this is without Cooper Cup being on the field still. So, Mace, all that being said, who you got? Because we know what's um, up with Bengals. We didn't told all y'all for like two seasons now. They another team that need to be looking at their head coach just like the mother in charges. Um, it looks like Joe Burrow is going to be out for that game. So it's really it's easy for me. Um. That offense without Joe Burrow really is just—it it, doesn't—it doesn't work. Plain and simple, it just doesn't work without Joe Burrow as a quarterback. So, I've got the Rams. Daryl, who you got? Rams. Yeah, this is easy for me too. Rams all day. It look, Zach Taylor, and what's his name? Staley. I remember the year they got hired. They both was being hyped real, real hard. And we're going to probably see them both get fired the same exact year. So, yeah, this is the Bengals are, are are dumpster fire. They are. Look, I know I've been very, very hard on my Bears team for a team that, you know, was picking at the top of the draft. I think I've been very, very hard on them. I am thankful I'm not a Giants fan or a Bengals fan. I'm thankful. Because I look, I know some Giants fans are like, "Well, we won last week, Brett. You had to come back on the Cardinals, who were clearly out here tanking. That's not good. That's not good. You looked awful, and then you turned around and came out on Thursday night, and then got your teeth and kicked in again. So I ain't hearing it. But yeah, uh, it's yeah, yeah man. Hey, Joe Burrow." Y'all might be shutting him down early for the rest of the year because Zach Taylor, if I were you, the, if I was the owner of the Bengals, I'm not leaving my quarterback in that motherfucker's hands. Not a chance. No, you can't because it's 
it's another one of those situations where they've just simply relied on the talent of their skill position and their quarterback instead of actually presenting a game plan and scheme that's worth something. It's a, it's a it's a go ball. It's it's a nothing or a go ball to Jamar Chase or a 50-50 to T. Higgins. That's been their offense for this entire time. It looks it great makes, when it works. I thought I thought they were gonna get Joe Mixon more involved in the offense this year. Right? Like Joe <laughs> Mixon, Joe Mixon took that he he took a pay cut to stay with the team and they are laughing at his face for taking less to, to take less money to ride the bench or to be an extra blocker. He's the sixth offensive lineman out there. That's about as 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 much as he's done. He's like, hey, I want to be a part of something special. You want to be the sixth offensive lineman on the field? That's what you wanted? Because that's what you got. Yeah, it's that like, simple. It's that simple. But Mace, tell the people where to find you. You know, man, Twitter, funky underscore stuff09, twitch, twitch.tv slash swaggy mace. Hit me up. I'm cool and funny. And not to mention handsome. <laughs> uh, you see, I don't want to say all that though, because my girl <laughs> might come in here. Who who you say you handsome to? And she you saying it to two other handsome individuals. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Mr. Low, he low. Tell the people where to find you. YouTube and Twitch. Low Elo Janitor. Streaming sometimes, you know. Low Elo Janitor. But you can find me at Chase Man everywhere you either see my pretty face or the ITC logo. Don't you forget that. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate us, review us. If you only give us four stars and don't give us five stars, I'm going to think you're a hater for the rest of your life. And you don't want me to think of that because I'm a really, really nice guy. All that being said, this has been another resounding episode of your favorite weekly sports show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is ITC Sports Sports Ball. Ball. Easy, we were off. <laughs> we are rusty. Let me talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk yeah, to you. Yeah, 